Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. And today I have an old friend to me, a new friend to you. She hasn't had a chance to be on this podcast before, but I'm kind of kicking myself that I haven't thought to have her on prior to this era. But I want to introduce Jennifer Maggio and her ministry is called The Life of a Single Mom. And how we connected was years ago, I want to say it was five or six years ago, she had this thing going on called Single Mom University, SMU. And I was like, I love that. And they asked me to do video snippets for them. And I just so enjoyed scratching that itch because so oftentimes I am speaking to married couples, but yet I know that there are a lot of people out there who are single and the the cry of a woman's heart is to be partnered so often, not always, but usually. And so to have an opportunity to custom tailor messages specifically for that demographic made me come alive. It was like sticking my finger in a light socket. And then Jennifer had me fly down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to do some, some more video work with her and a whole crew of amazing women that I will never forget meeting. And now she has an event coming up that I want you to know about, especially if you're a single mom or if you know of single moms that could use the encouragement. So First, we're going to start with Jennifer's story. Jennifer, welcome to Sexual Confidence on Tap. Tell us about who you are and this calling that you feel like God has placed on your life to minister to single moms. Well, first, let me say what an encouragement you are. I actually knew you long before you knew me. I am a fan of your books. And so I was purchasing your books a long time ago. Your authenticity and um, your realness and uh, quite honestly, the conversations that are so necessary in the church today drew me in. Um, and so I just want to thank you for all that you've done for our single moms. But I'm honored to be here. And, you know, our pain often births our next season. And that was certainly true for me. I um, had uh, was pregnant four times before I was uh, 19 years old. And so was a young single mom. Um, I had two miscarriages and then I had two children. And so um, I looked up one day and thought, I, this is not at all where I thought my life was going to go. I had graduated high school valedictorian. I was a church girl who was raised in the church and really had uh, this foundation of faith from the time I was a very young girl. And here I was with these two babies outside of marriage, um, living on food stamps and welfare, living in government housing, and kind of limping by. Sure. And drowning in every way. Um and so the the years that followed were years of trying to figure it out, um, of trying to figure out my faith journey. Um, did God even love me anymore? Um, I, trying to figure out how to parent these two babies alone, uh, trying to figure out how to manage my money when I really had none. And that really birthed the life of a single mom today. It was it was out of this pain, this hurt, and really what I learned through the process of all the mistakes. And so that's like the very short version of, of how God brought me on this journey. And how many years were you a single mom before you married? Almost eight. Wow. So you are, you are the voice of experience and wisdom. This is not just philosophizing and theologizing about what single women need to know. This is you know, like trial by fire. You lived it for eight years. 
So what inspired Single Mom University? Let's start there because this is an online curriculum that you still have available, right? Yeah. So we have right now, so we were kind of ahead of our time in some ways because we COVID hit and we had started the university in 2017 and had a few hundred women um, in the university over that few years. And then COVID hit, everything shuts down. Every nonprofit is trying to figure out how to deliver services to their clientele. And Single Mom University exploded. I mean, we are... Um, thousands upon thousands of women are in the platform now and we have 175 classes um, and they're all life skills classes you know what, how i refer to it is it's kind of like youtube for single moms it's just Love that. you log in <laughs> you know it's, it's super kind of overcomplicated when you use the word university people say i'm way too busy i have no time and that sounds um all it is is there it's short videos on parenting, finances, and health and wellness, um, and really every subcategory you can imagine. You taught a lot on our sex and dating. Um, we have co-parenting with an ex. We have overcoming abuse. We have how to put a budget together. There's probably not a single mom topic that we have not covered in the university. Um, and the cool thing about it is you can go as deep into it as you want. So you can just log on and watch a little video and just get some encouragement and some some um, quick, easy to follow steps. Or you can take the quiz and you can do the discussion questions and you can do the additional resources and the homework. So we've developed it such that if you wanna go super deep on a content matter, it's there. Or if you just don't have the time and you're like, hey, I need to know how to survive um, the trauma that I've endured, that's in there as well. So um, so it's, it is amazing what God has done with that platform. I so love that. I have to tell you that right now, the energy that is coursing through my body, I'm like swelling with pride for you. Like, I'm so proud of first what you've overcome and then what you've created what vision, what amazing vision, and who else is doing that for single moms? I don't know of any ministry or organization that is specifically targeting that demographic of women. So what an underserved population. How wonderful that you've created this YouTube for single moms. So you have this event coming up here in just a matter of weeks. Tell us about this event and who should consider attending. I know that there's both live attendance and online attendance, so people can tap into it from wherever they are, but tell us more about what you've pulled together. Yes. So in, um, in 2011, I uh, started helping churches do single mom support groups. And that was really always the heart of our ministry. It's like, let's get Bible studies, support groups, ministries inside churches so that women don't feel like they're alone. And that could be a Sunday school class. It could be a, you know, whatever. It, it, it's a ministry. And um, through the years, we developed about 1,600 ministries year to date. And this idea exploded that single moms need a place to gather because they're drowning in the church. I mean, the ones that actually do go, which we know are disproportionately small, they're drowning. They don't feel like they fit in. Right. Well, as that, that idea morphed, the conference was this idea of let's get as many of these moms together that were serving throughout the country in one place 
and let's just believe God for their lives. Let's just see what the Lord would do. So in 2014, we started the conference and um, had a little uh, lull during the COVID time. But we are now, this conference is the largest conference in the country for single moms. Um, this will be our largest conference in the history of our organization. And it's this idea that we're going to gather. Um, in fact, Friday night is just going to be praise and worship. We are going to go after the things of God. Um, we have women from all denominations. We have women from all 50 states that are coming. And it's just this idea that as moms gather there is power in the gathering. We know that's scriptural, but we also know that as like-minded women get together that have similar life experiences, there's just something rich about that. And um, so we're just believing that God is going to do the supernatural there, that there, there's going to be exceedingly abundantly more for these women lives. Um, and it's for widows. It's for divorced moms. It's for women who were never married. It's for moms who are fostering their grandchildren and they never expected to be doing that. It's for any single woman who is parenting a kiddo. They are welcome to attend. Wow. Again, goosebumps. So tell us about the lineup of speakers and topics that are going to be presented that weekend. Yes. So we have the beautiful Miss Shannon Etheridge coming to talk about sex and dating. And um, I am, uh, you know, I always giggle, Shannon, when I'm with you because I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm too immature to be talking about. So you have been tagged with the baton to, um, to really address. It's like when we go, when we look at Single Mom University and we can kind of see the most attended classes, the, the ones that um, are uh, receiving the most conversation because we have a private chat room, it's always sex and dating. It, it is. And, and it, these are the things that aren't being talked about in the church. They are the topics that moms want to know about. How do I get back into the dating world? What does that look like? How can I be holy in that, in that journey, et cetera? So you're talking the truth about sex. Um, we have Jim Burns, who is amazing. Um, he is talking about people. <laughs> Do you? Okay. So I love Jim. Um, he is so practical. Um, just man, I have, I have one of his books that I've read probably five times now. Um, <laughs> and so I just, I ask people who resonate with me. I ask people who are real and authentic. And so he's going to be doing the truth about parenting. I'm going to be doing the truth about God, um, which I'm so excited about. And then we're going to do breakout sessions on um, how to buy a house. Uh, mamas don't even know that they can be homeowners as single moms and and how to find uh, time management when you're overwhelmed and, and um, how to find joy again. There's just all these little nuanced things that mamas are limping through life and you are not created to limp through life. And it doesn't matter if you're a single mom or married mom or somewhere in between, you you are created for greatness, for the rich, wide open, abundant life. And that's the seed that we're planting in that conference. I love, love, love it. So before we dive deeper into this topic of sex and dating for single moms, I have to give a little shout out for the guy who's doing the mortgage and owning your own home talk just happens to be Jennifer's husband, Jeff. And were it not for Jeff, I think our transition from Kentucky to Missouri would have been so much more complicated. So I used him to finance my house. So if you want to know more about having Jeff give you a bid for financing a home, how can they get in touch with, with your husband? Uh, just go to jeffmaggio.com. You know, it's so funny, Shannon, because Jeff's role in our ministry is um, he has been the one that 
uh, prayed and financially invested when when no one knew who we were and no one else was praying and financially investing. And and he's the guy who's I had to strong arm him into doing it. But, you know, the reason I did is because his love for this ministry and his love for single moms and just just wanting them to be financially secure is so deep that um you know, and he's not a salesman. And that's kind of the other thing is like so often when moms are going to buy a house and a car and, you know, uh, life insurance and all these kind of things, they're hustled and they don't know it. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing in it for him to do it other than just this love for people and for these mamas to have a great place to raise their children. So um, I, I didn't realize you knew that he was, he was the one doing it. So thanks for that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and again, I just so appreciate all that he's done for us and making this Fort Myers place possible where we do our workshops and stuff, because it was a big chunk financially for us to bite off. And he believed in me far more than a local banker would have been able to. So Let's talk about sex and dating for single women. Some people may think, well, what is there to discuss? Single women are just as sexual of beings as any other creature on the planet. We don't get to just turn the switch off just because we go through a divorce or a season of singleness. We All of that sexual energy still very much courses through our veins. And one of the things that has always been on the forefront of my mind and just really deep in my heart based on my own experiences is that so oftentimes when a relationship fails, whether that's a dating relationship or a marriage, we feel like damaged goods. And all of a sudden the bar, the standard gets lowered because we assume that as a woman with emotional baggage or sexual baggage or childhood trauma or whatever, we assume that we're not as valuable. But Jennifer, I see that you did not settle. You didn't lower your bar. You you you, you aimed for the moon and, and you hit it with Jeff. What kind of encouragement do you have for women who are tempted to use their bodies to barter for attention and affection through sex rather than holding that standard higher? Um, you've asked a loaded question. There's so much I want to say on this. I, I would say, first of all, let's address um, most women are not going to verbalize what you just said. Um, and in fact, I don't even know if every woman recognizes that that's what she's doing in using sex as a bartering tool or or even that she's lowered her standard um, or that the trauma that she experienced through an ugly divorce or through, um, you know, she thought she was going to be married and she winds up having a child outside of marriage and the shame that that can bring on, particularly for church girls, um, there's not always a realization that you're doing it. Um, but I also want to, I want to say that where I ended up was not where I started. Um, I didn't share in the launch of our program today that I had been severely sexually assaulted for about 10 years of my life, starting at age three. So um, I, my relationship with sex was unhealthy from as early as I can remember. Sure. So in addition to being sexually one of the other things that happened was um, at around nine or 10 years old, I was also um, physically held down and forced to view pornography. So I've got sexual assault, I've got pornography, um, and then wound up um, giving myself away at 13 years old and began that sexual journey willingly. And so there's all this dysfunction for, you know, more than a decade in my life. Um, 
and then you're expected to go into a marriage and be healthy and whole and complete and all of those things. And that's really what the message is for single moms today is, yeah, you're in a single season and we believe the word of God and we believe, you know, that, that you walk uprightly before the Lord, but to pretend that this is not an issue in your home, to pretend that there's no uh, sexual energy, that there's no desire is so ignorant. It's ignorant from the church perspective. It's ignorant. And so, um, so and I just dangerous. Say, um, and dangerous, so yeah. dangerous. Denial. But, but, yeah. And, you know, I went through a lot of lowering my standard before I ever got to the place of really surrendering fully to the Lord and trusting that a Jeff Maggio existed somewhere. Um, I uh, believed for a very long time that I deserved what I got, which was lots of sexual abuse, lots of physical abuse, um, a very dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist. And so I held on for seven years to the same relationship with the father of my children because I did not believe that I deserved better. Mm -hmm. And even when that thought would enter my mind that maybe I did deserve better, um, I thought, who would want me? Like, e even if I do deserve better, the pool is shallow. And who would really want me with two children? And I, I'm abuse victim. This relationship with the co-parenting is dysfunctional. What good Christian man would ever want me anyway? And all of those lies that the enemy tells us um, kept me in the relationship far longer than I probably would have been had I understood my true value. And so I think for me, the breaking point, and I know you kind of asked a two-part two-part question, but I think for me, what changed everything was I, I was in a church one Sunday and um, I'm, I'm in a relationship with my, my children's father. We're, we're um, you know, kind of living together on and off. So I know that I'm not honoring the Lord with my body at this point, but I loved God so much and I wanted to serve him. I really did want to serve him. And I can remember being in a church service praying, God, just change his heart, like make him want to get married and want the things of you. And, and God, I just want to live happily ever after. Just, just change his heart. And the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit so clearly. Stop praying for me to change his heart and start praying for me to change yours. Woo. All I know is that you can argue about the theology of it and, and, and all of that, that the Lord told me to stop praying to change his heart. All I know is what happened to me and that God said that I needed to be praying for my heart to be changed, that that was the focal point. And so I did. I began to pray that the Lord would change my heart. And I didn't even know what I was praying. Like, I didn't even know exactly what heart change I was asking for. But what it was, was this ability to break this soul tie with this man that I'd been tied to for almost a decade. And this ability for me to move on in my life, let him go, um, not be angry, not be mad as a hornet and want revenge. But you just let him go okay. so that God could act on me. Um, I needed healing in my heart before I could actually set the standard of what was to come. Um, and so that's the long answer, Shannon, but it's it's what the mamas need to hear right now. Exactly. Exactly. That It brings to mind that that story of the little girl in the pearl necklace and her daddy asks her every day, will you give me your pearls? And it's just this little dime store string of pearls that, you know, she got at a toy store or something. And she just, no, daddy, I love my pearls. I love my pearls. But then finally one day, just out of complete surrender, she tearfully gives him her strand of dime store pearls 
And that's when he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a real strand of real pearls. God is just waiting for us to give up the dime store stuff and the dysfunctional relationships, the disrespect, the anxiety, the insecurity. He's looking for us to surrender that to him and let him give us what we deserve. And that whole notion of we deserve better, we deserve better treatment, we deserve a healthier relationship, we deserve vibrant, vibrant, we deserve vibrant sex, so many lists of things that one deserves. And I know that right now it's hitting a lot of women in the ears very awkwardly of, well, other women may deserve that, but I don't deserve that. What do you have to say to that woman who says, well, I completely agree that women in general deserve that, but I don't fall into that category. I still need to settle. We struggle so much to receive God's best and it doesn't matter. It's, it's relationship. It's, it's what, there's a thousand things that it is, but the truth is, is when you recognize who you are. So I always say women need to take their place. They need to take their rightful position. Once you truly understand when you get in the word and you understand that you're co-heirs with Christ Jesus, when you understand I am a daughter of the King, like the creator of heaven and earth knows me. He knew me while I was in my mom's womb. He had a plan for my life. There are purposes that I'm called to fulfill. There are skills and talents that I have, which by the way, are beyond our sex. Um, We think that's the only thing we have to offer in a relationship, but the truth is there's so much more. Once I understood who I was, it was like a light bulb went off for me that said, I will not ever settle. It's almost like watching a video of myself when I think about my past. It's it's so, I'm so far removed from it. Um, I was sharing with a coworker today that I was in a, um, a work relationship years ago with a boss who sexually assaulted me on a regular basis by Uh, touching me inappropriately. I was 19 years old. I had two kiddos. Um, I needed to work. And I didn't think enough of myself. Of of sexual harassment. That, wow. Because you felt stuck. You didn't feel as if you couldn't stand up for yourself and say no without losing your livelihood. Exactly. And so I look back now, you know, 25 years later, and it's baffling to me that I would have settled for such a low standard in my life. Um, And that's the equivalent of what's happening with women across the country when it comes to their relationship. Um, I do want to say this, because I'm so burdened to say this right now, Shannon, that that I want to encourage the women out there that um, we need to stop verbalizing that there are no good men left out there. And the reason I think that's so important to this conversation is because I look back at the times in my life when I lowered my standard and certainly there was a self-worth issue. There was an insecurity issue. There was an abuse and trauma issue, but I also thought no good Christian man would want me. And I hear so many women saying, well, I mean, even the men in the church are having sex. Even that's everybody. That's what they all want. And, and there's no, there's no standard. And so we might as well just lower the standard and then we can get married and honor God. And that's just a lie from the pit of hell. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to believe. And how unfair to our godly brothers that we're verbalizing that there are no good men left out there. I often ask women, how would it hit your ears if you heard men saying there are no good women out there? They're all fill in the blank. It is such a generalization and a stereotype. And it quite frankly, just sounds jaded and mean. 
every person is unique and every story is unique. And one of the things that I'm frequently telling my single clients is stop daydreaming to envision like this certain mold that you have to have and then judging someone for not fitting that mold. Get to know people for who they are and then see if you can envision building a life with that person. I, I'm a big believer in putting yourself back out there dusting yourself off, not letting your past relationships define you, not thinking, well, that's it. I'm done with men. Just never the hell mind. And just, I'm just going to do it alone. You know what? I really want the single women listening to check your heart and ask yourself, is that what I really want? Or is that just what I've been taught by other jaded women? Um, it, there is no shame in wanting a relationship. There's no shame in wanting marriage. There's no shame in wanting sexual fulfillment. God wired us this way. I really love the story of when Adam was lonely and couldn't find a suitable mate for him among the animal kingdom. And so he complained to God. And what did God do? Did he shame him, chastise him, or ask him, well, why aren't I enough for you, Adam? Heavens no. He made a helpmate for him. And I have to believe that anybody who is courageous enough and resilient enough to put themselves back out there, raise the bar, be discerning, invest, uh, invest in themselves and healing themselves, and then encouraging your mate to do the same thing and doing a lot of premarital work. There's a lot of pre-marriage couples who've come to our workshop specifically to work on their sexual and emotional trauma from the past, even before they get to the altar. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things in the world. But when people do that, what they often find on the other side, even if it didn't end the way that they wanted it to, even if it didn't result in marriage, they find that they themselves grow and blossom and heal in ways that they would never go back to being the way that they were. But oftentimes it does result in a relationship that's beyond their wildest dreams. So what have you got to lose? I, I really want to take away the mentality that uh, that if a woman has you know, failed once, twice, three times, she just needs to stop looking. There's no magic number. Rip the scarlet letter off your sweater. It, this is not about how high your scorecard has become. And that also reminds me, Jennifer, I want you to speak to the girl who assumes that, well, because I do have sexual sin in my past, because I have had sex outside of marriage, God views me differently. Does God view us differently when we fall into that pit? Thank God he doesn't. Um, thank God that, you know, there's no, there's no checklist that's running around of all of the times that we failed in terms of um, our, you know, oh, she did it again. I, I want to say this because it's so complicated, Shannon, and I know you've devoted your life's work to this, but it's so complicated in just one short um, meeting to share about once I understood, once I really understood, I don't, I don't mean in my head because I I've known the word of God since I, I mean, my dad was a, was a um, deacon in the local Baptist church. Like I don't remember a time when I didn't know the gospel. Um, but once I really got in my heart 
who I was, um, where I was headed, the standards that I had, the healing and restoration that God can provide, which almost is beyond comprehension. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's a word for somebody listening who thinks they've gone too far. They've done too much. They think that, um, you know, that they do have the scarlet letter and they've been kind of dragging it with them everywhere they go for the last decade. God's restoration and healing, he is in the redeeming business and the way he works and the surgery he does is beyond what we can even understand. And the only way that you can get it is after you've gone through it. Like once, once you've gone through it and you're healed and you're whole, it's like you look back and you say, only God could have done this. So I think for me, when I look at, um, even my sexual journey with, with, um, feeling so ashamed. Sex was always associated with shame. Mm. It was never associated with, with what was good and righteous before the Lord and holy and created by God. It was never that. Yeah. It was always ugly and dirty and secret and um, unhealthy in every way. The redemption story is that. It's, it's that God creates all the beauty from the ashes. And so I just want to say that it is possible. I sit here, you sit there, um, Shannon, and so many others can testify to that. Um, but I think that one of the other things you said that's critical is the healing process. You said, hey, we've got to work on ourselves. Like you can't come limping into a marriage and think that a ring is going to solve the issues of your sexual unhealthiness or um, your um, insecurity or anything else. The ring doesn't solve it. Right. Um, so that is just to note. I feel like we could go on and on and on with this conversation because again, this is such an underserved demographic. Uh, what... What is your richest nugget that you find offering to women when it comes to sex and dating, you know, in, in just the season of life that they find themselves as single moms? What do you find yourself repeating more often than any other mantra or nugget? Uh, I would say healing and hope. That's the two things for every component of this journey get healed. You need your healing, whether it's been 20 years since you went through your divorce or, you know, a decade since you were sexually assaulted or whatever, you need your healing because you cannot go into a new relationship limping. Um, now none of us are perfect, but the healing is important. And the other thing is the hope. It is not hopeless. Stop saying it is. Stop saying the pool is too shallow. Stop saying that you're beyond hope. It is not hopeless. So healing and hope would be probably the, the nugget I would leave the uh, ladies with today. And for those people who truly are still believing that there's no hope for me, there's no good men out there, that's too big of a miracle to expect God to do. I'm sorry, baby girl, but God has done much bigger miracles than bring a good, decent, loving man into your life. And it's not just reflective of your own self-esteem and jadedness toward men. I think that it's reflective of your lack of faith that God can do all things. And, and you have to believe that with all your heart, first and foremost, as, as you put your trust in him, he will surpass your expectations on the person that he could potentially bring into your life. But I feel like you need to be ready. You need to surrender the dime store stuff and the relationships and the casual sex and the stuff that is so not um, fulfilling long-term and step out in faith that I'm going to become the person who I need to be. 
And then I'm going to trust God to bring the person into my life that could, that could add to it and not subtract from it, even, even multiply exponentially the good things. Because I do think that a really strong man and woman who are partnered together in a marriage creates so much synergy. You're so much more capable of doing amazing things in this world when you have a mate, just like Adam had Eve. I, I just think that this is, this was God's intention from the start. Not that marriage is for everyone, not that everyone should be married. Just saying, if you want a relationship and you want marriage, there is no shame in it. There's no um, there's no reason why you can't put your hope in that and your faith in God that he's going to provide that for you. You work on becoming Mrs. Wright and he'll bring Mr. Wright around. But it may need, it, you may need to put yourself out there. Like I said, it's probably not going to be the UPS man or the prime Amazon delivery guy. You know, like you're going to have to step out in faith that I can meet new people and attract this into my life. It doesn't just fall down from the heavens, but I'm, I'm a big believer. I, I I'll, I'll save my, my story for another time. But when I look at how only seven years ago, I was going through the most difficult season of my entire life with feeling as if I had to end a 27-year marriage for, for reasons that I've never publicly disclosed because not every story is your story to tell. And I have the utmost love and respect and care and compassion for my former husband. But I was so afraid that life was over, that my ministry was over. Mm-mm, uh-uh. God blew me away within two years of the person, the quality of the person that I would meet and the quality of the ministry that would come out of that relationship. And, and things have exploded kind of like, uh, it's kind of, we've been running in tandem with the timing of God exploding your ministry and my ministry. We have to remember that, that people who feel broken are in need of inspiration from other people who have been similarly broken. So stop thinking that you're disqualified from marriage or you're disqualified from ministry. Mm -mm. Nothing disqualifies you from representing God well and connecting with other human beings in a deep and enriching way. So Jennifer, if people are interested in this event coming up or in the Single Mom University curriculum, how do they find information about that? Yes, they can visit thelifeofasinglemom.com. We've got all the info there on how to register for the conference. And hey, if you're not in Baton Rouge, you can definitely attend. We've got watch parties going on all over the country. Uh, thousands of moms are going to be part of that. And it's all free, free, free. Um, if you can make it to Baton Rouge, free, free, free. And so um, we want to bless you. Um, and Single Mom University is also free, free, free. And so no excuses to truly begin to educate and equip yourself. I love that. Repeat the website again so that people will get it in its entirety. The life of a single mom.com. The life of a single mom.com. Please, please, please send that link to every single mom that you know. This is definitely an organization that just creates amazing content. And I'm not just saying that because I've been a part of the content. I'm saying that I I know their passion for truly uh, tapping into the felt needs of this particular population of people. And so I hope that you have benefited from our conversation. And Jennifer, just thank you. And thank Jeff and your entire staff for all that you are doing to minister to people, not just on a superficial level, but on the deepest of levels, 175 videos like this, 
this didn't happen magically. This has required a lot of focus and persistence and intentionality. And the fact that all of it is free, that just tells you where their heart is, that they're not in this to make a ton of money. They are in this to truly meet the needs of single moms out there. So kudos to you, girl. So this has been another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends. If you would like to chime in on the conversation, uh, send me an email, shannon at shannonetheridge.com, or I think it's on tap at shannonetheridge.com, and we would love to share your comments on air at some future point. So we love you for listening. And we thank you for tapping on us. 